Praise the Lord. Well, we're continuing our series this morning on uh, the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> or be, as Paul said, the Holy Ghost instructed Paul to write, uh, inspired him to write, be being filled with the Spirit of God, Ephesians 5, 18. So we'll start there in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, 18 You better get ready. I got lots of stuff, and we went longer on the offering, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18, we'll start with verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, this is Ephesians 5, verse 17 now, wherefore, uh, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right, you want to know the will of God for you right here today? Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I always like that part of the verse because my wife's name is Melody. <laughs> singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. All right, I want you to notice, first of all, be being filled with the Spirit of God. And then I'm going to kind of give you like a sneak peek at the middle of the message. And that is verse 19, what do you do when you're filled? You're speaking. Another, uh, second part in verse 19, singing. Verse 20, giving thanks. And verse 21, submitting one to another. So the interesting thing is, you can kind of figure out yourself, but you really know in your heart, if you are being filled with the Holy Spirit, because you are singing, you are speaking, you are giving thanks, and you're easy to get along with. You're submitting one to another. I know I got to have my way. We got to go to my restaurant. Listen. I'll have, to, I'll have to say this, you know, they say you're supposed to do this when you speak because it helps everybody relax and get more engaged and everything, but, you know, um, my wife and I, we're going to go have lunch after the inauguration this week, and my wife was very hungry, and we'd gotten up early, and um, so we went to go have lunch, and um, I said, uh, where, where would you like to eat? And she's like, well, I don't. I don't care where we want to eat. And she's like, where do you want to eat? And I said, well, um, maybe there's a little restaurant in Marshall that I'd heard about that's really good. And I said, well, why don't we go there? And she's like, well, that's, that's kind of far, isn't it? And I said, uh, it might take a long time because uh, Aaliyah was watching our kids, Aaliyah and her daughter. And so I said, uh, okay, well, what about fast food? Would you like some fast food? I don't, I don't want fast food. And I said, this is why they say that joke. Because you say, like, um, what would you like to eat? Oh, I don't care. Anything you want. And I said, well, you know, how about Marshall? No, that's kind of far because well, uh, of time. And like, well, what about fast food? Oh, no, I don't really want fast food. And I said, well, where would you like to eat then? And she said, I don't know. Why don't you figure out? And I said, no, we are not doing this. Apparently, I was a little tired as well and wasn't walking in love as much as I should. But uh, anyhow, we ended up at Smash Burger, and I'd never eaten there, and it was good. So it still was kind of fast food, but maybe, I don't know. At any rate, that was verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another. 
because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you know you are so much easier to get along with. You know, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, uh, every day even looks better. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, to the pure, all things are pure. So when I was in the military, uh, man, you got young people. You know, the bulk of the, uh, of the military force is between the ages of probably 18 and 24. Uh, and uh, so you have young people that are always wanting to uh, turn everything into some type of a sexual joke. But the Bible says, to the pure, all things are pure. And so um, you could say, like, uh, I'm apparently infamous for saying stuff that people that think sexually all the time can, like, twist it around. And so I would say stuff, and they're like, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. But I wasn't thinking on those lines. And um, if you start thinking on those lines, then you could make a joke like that about anything. And, um, but to the pure, all things are pure. So when we are talking about being full of the Holy Spirit, it actually changes your thoughts. It changes your outlook on life. It changes your outlook on situations. So that when you have a situation that would seem to be overwhelming, that would seem to be a flood of disaster rolling in to destroy you, you can actually look at that and you can laugh in the face of adversity. Much like we talked about in a previous series we did recently about the spirit of faith. We having that same spirit of faith. We could be perplexed, but we're not in despair. In other words, like, I am not really understanding this, but we don't go into despair. Even when we, um, when a believer dies, it says that we believers, we don't grieve as the world grieves. We don't grieve as those with no hope. Because, you know, again, Paul said in another passage in the New Testament, uh, you know, Christ had to die on the cross, but not only that, he had to raise again. And if he didn't raise again, then what we're believing is in vain. And then everything's in vain. And, uh, you know, if, if Christ is not raised from the dead, that means none of us could be raised from the dead. That means this is the end. That means, and he said, then why should we even live like we live? Because uh, if it's not true, it uh, makes no difference. But it is true. Jesus was died, buried, rose again on the third day for our justification. In other words, so we could be made right, so we could come back into close fellowship with God himself. And now, not as servants, the Bible tells us, but as sons and daughters of God himself. Well, I don't know, but, uh, well, you could probably see me this morning with my, two of my sons, uh, they have pretty good access to me. And uh, they're going to get instruction. And sometimes, depending on their responses, they'll be followed up with some loving discipline. But I'm not going to put sickness on them. I'm not going to put disease on them. My will is for the best for them. And they, like, you know, uh, I enjoy meditating and singing and praising and praying on the way to church on Sunday mornings. But my kids... If they want to do that, they are welcome to come with me. And so they can come see me. They can do this. They can do that. Well, that's how we are with our Heavenly Father. That's how we should be, at least. That's how he wants us to be. That's how he sees it. He has like an open-door policy. You ever work at a place that the boss says, I have an open-door policy? Like, in other words, you don't have to go through your supervisor or somebody else to come to me. You can actually just come and talk to me. I have an open-door policy. Well, God has an open-door policy with every single one of us. But in order to get an appointment and in order to talk to him, we have to go through Jesus. Jesus made the way. 
It's the blood of Jesus that gives us access. And so when we are full of the Holy Spirit, um, we mentioned this last week in, from John chapter 14 and chapter 16 when Jesus is talking about, you know, when I go away, uh, I'm going to send the comforter, the helper, the spirit of reality. In other words, I'm going to send my spirit who will make all of this real to you. Make all of this like, uh, I can't say it better, real to you. Make it real. Like some people's like, uh, are you like, they call it religious, you know. We call it a relationship. But are you religious and uh, you think all that stuff is really real? No, I don't. I know it is. I know it is because my life is based on the Word of God. And the Word of God says uh, that we know that we have passed from death, spiritual death, unto life, eternal life, zoe, because we love the brethren. So I know it because I have a love on the inside of me that goes beyond me. It's more love than I would be able to show myself. And it's actually love in a way that I wouldn't know to love if I didn't have it and I didn't see in the Word what it was. I didn't see it defined in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. So I know I've passed from death to life. So I used to, I grew up, I used to, uh, I think I misunderstood uh, the church I was attending, but I didn't, I thought maybe you'd find out if you were saved once you got to heaven. Like uh, I thought, you know, you could lose your salvation real easy and all this type of stuff. And um, until I got the word and I said, well, then I know I'm saved because I have that inside me. I know I have that inside me because there's so many times I would much rather tell somebody off, <laughs> right? In your flesh, you like, you get all stirred up and especially if somebody talks about one of your kids or your wife or one of your friends or it's like, it's, or your boss. It's funny. Sometimes people will talk about their boss, but if somebody else is going to go do that, you know, and they're kind of from the outside, you're like, Hey, what are you doing? And uh, we shouldn't talk badly about our, any of those people. Um, but uh, you see, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, it should affect your life. And the big mistake that we make sometimes is we find out like Acts chapter 2 verse 4, which I didn't know they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues, tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you uh, have that experience and then you're like, okay, I have arrived. Or you say like, okay, well, yeah, I, I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit back in uh, 1989, 1999, 2009. I don't know if anybody's older than that. I don't know, 19, whatever. I'm not going to go there. So you could, you could look back and say, yes, I was. But you kind of, what, what happens? Well, uh, the, uh, the fire starts to wane and burn down. And, um, but, you know, you can take a little ember. It can be like the smallest little ember, and you can start a raging fire. Yeah. So we have this little wood-burning stove in our house that we like a lot, and it's just really small. It's like this, you know. But we have found out what, if we use the right type of log and everything, we can put the last log in before we go to bed, 10 or 11 at night. And in the morning, if you left enough other ash in there, that, it'll still have embers. And so one of my favorite things to do is just we have this little billows, and we just take the billows, and, and a, a little bit of paper and some twigs, and I'll start the fire just with that. I don't know why, but that just really satisfies me. <laughs> Maybe you feel like, hey, I could live if survive, but survive. Uh, so you start it. But you see, like, we all need the wind of the Spirit in our lives to ignite the 
fire that's already on the inside of us, the coals that are there. And the more you kind of blow, you know, if you blow too hard, you like blow the fire out. But if you like blow and you just keep a constant blowing like this and you just keep that going, it gets hotter and hotter and you just keep doing it. And you know what? If you go like this, it's actually a lot of work. It's really hard. But if you just go just a constant, you just blow, hit the billows, you know, you know, it's a little heart shaped thing. You just go like this and you keep going and uh, it starts to get hotter and hotter and hotter. And pretty soon you stop and that thing's just flaming. And so um, we are to be being filled. In other words, we're getting that like billows blowing. Uh, the uh, wind is a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Jesus said, you can't see the wind, but you can feel it. You can see its effects. Right? Well, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but man, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you and everybody around you can see the effects because they're like, man, you, like, what made you do that? Why would you show someone that kind of love when they treated you that way? Why would you do that? Well, because I got something bubbling on the inside. I've got something that I'm tending to on the inside. And um, Paul just gave such a good illustration here. Speaking to yourselves, be, be being filled. Don't be drunk on wine. That's excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Right? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. You can have lots of challenges coming in life. And you really, um, if you're going to focus on all the negative things that are happening, you could easily get depressed. But you're really supposed to focus on the Word of God. And then if you have challenges come, you don't go drink wine to like get a buzz, to forget about your problems or mellow you out or whatever it happens to do to you. Um, you be filled with the Spirit is what Paul says. The Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul said, be full of the Spirit. So the same way that you would get, like, how, how would you get drunk? I've never been drunk on wine, um, but uh, uh, drugs affect me, <laughs> like legal drugs. I'm sure illegal ones do too. Um, but, you know, I went to get my wisdom teeth pulled out, and, like, the second they do it, like, Phew. so everybody always jokes, man, if you, if you drank, you would, like, be out like that. I probably would be because... Uh, I'm very much affected by it, but I can imagine, and I've talked to people, and I've had friends. <laughs> well, how do you get drunk? Well, you keep drinking. Unless you're like me, you can maybe take a little drink and you'd be drunk. Um, but uh, you keep drinking. So if you want to get that buzz, if you want to get that high, how do you get it? Well, if you're going to do it through alcohol, you're going to have to keep drinking the alcohol, right? And so uh, Paul's saying, don't do it that way. You're not going to like be satisfied that way. You, you might feel good for a moment or whatever. Side note, the problem with that is people do stuff that they would never do in a negative way. Okay? Um, but be full of the Spirit. Because the other is excess. This is not. Be full of the Spirit. So you want to like uh, have your problems uh, be mellowed out? You want to have your problems seem like, oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> be full of the Spirit. Get full of the Spirit. Because you see, like, um, this, even what we're standing on, is temporary. It's subject to change. It's the earth realm. It's the seen realm. It's the felt realm. It's subject to change from the spiritual realm. And so you see, we can actually change our surroundings by what we believe and speak. And when we do that, according to the word of God, we can have God's best in our lives. So instead of getting overwhelmed and turning to the news or turning to alcohol or turning to our friends or turning to whoever, unless your friends are going to give you the godly counsel, 
uh, but really, uh, and it's good, and I'm not against it, and I, I use uh, friends and advisors, but my favorite verse about advisors is in Psalm 119, it says, your word are my advisors and my counselors. So you actually can go into the word, and you get counsel from the most high. Like, you know, you might say like, well, you know, so-and-so is high, or they, they're, they've been in leadership for so long, and they teach leadership, or they're a minister, or that, or whatever, you know, and... Uh, you know, there is, if you honor the offices that Jesus put in the body, you will receive from him because he said, I'm going to ascend on high. He gave gifts unto men because we needed them, right? So I'm a pastor. I'm not, I'm not against all that. I'm actually for it. But you contact the most high and you connect with him. And you don't have to go through your pastor to do that. Uh, you don't have to go through your wife to do that. You don't have to go through your husband to do that. There is one man, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, right? Praise the Lord. And so we just go through Jesus to God the Father, to the most high, and he will give you the most high, right? You don't have to have drugs to get the most high. He'll give you the most high so that you can be laughing and dancing and rejoicing and all that stuff that you want to mellow out. It's mellowed out. You're like, I don't know why I was so concerned about that in the first place. And you look at it, and you can be like I was with, with my Bible. You can be like, I know this should really be concerning me. I know this is a dire situation. Uh, but I'm kind of laughing right now. Uh, I don't remember the guy, but he said, uh, God conducts his most uh, serious business in an atmosphere of joy. So you can be like, this is serious. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's serious. God said it's serious. If it's serious, most serious business that God conducts is done in an atmosphere of joy. It actually says that God sits in the heavens and he laughs. So, uh, like Pastor Mark says, you know, if God's laughing and you don't know the joke, you should laugh just out of courtesy. <laughs> so, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. And you might turn to him and say, Lord, don't you understand what, what's going on? Don't you understand what I'm going through right now? This is not the time for you to be laughing. You know, and he would look back and say, don't you understand the reality of what's going on? And uh, so we can laugh and rejoice and be filled with the Spirit. We don't have to use a drug or an alcohol or some natural thing that's going to temporarily uh, do something to you. We can stay being filled with the Spirit all the time, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And if you don't um, speak in psalms or hymns or spiritual songs, I encourage you to pray about it and ask the Lord about it because uh, it actually says every believer should prophesy. And you can speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's a tremendous blessing to your life. It actually says that uh, when you pray in other tongues, you should pray uh, for the interpretation. So you can actually be praying in your own private life, and the Lord will give you the interpretation. And what a blessing. What a blessing. What an encouragement. And um, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So you can see, like, you can find somebody in the elevator, and they're just, like, oblivious, and they're singing. And uh, You don't have to ask them, are you happy? Because they're singing and rejoicing and um, giving thanks. You know, so thankful. When you get full of the Holy Spirit, you're thankful. You're saying, oh, thank you for that. You know, that's, that's a big blessing. Thank you so much. And you see the good in all these things. And so uh, sometimes the best way to find out what something is is to find out what it's not. 
So if you see in your life that you're like, I can't believe this, something bad is always happening to me, and what's going on, and why is this happening? Well, that's like I said last week, if you had the, um, oh, where my phone went? If you had the, um, well, just use the iPad. If you had the uh, being filled app on your phone, (laughs) instead of on your forehead, you could know like, oh, wait a minute, let me check my app. Oh, yep, my level's just a little down there. I need to be being filled, because right now I'm not, <laughs> right? And so um, instead of getting upset with yourself, just turn to the Lord, just turn to the Lord. And so we looked the last couple weeks uh, at Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 5 and then Acts chapter 19. Of course, in Acts chapter um, 19, I think I must have taken my, my mark out here, Acts chapter 19 Let's start with, uh, well, we'll start with verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Like, what are you talking about? We don't even, have you received what? What? And he said unto them, Well, Uh, Then unto what were you baptized? And they said to John's baptism. And then Paul said, John verily baptized with a baptism to repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over there you can see that uh, in the Gospels that if if you believe and are baptized in the name of Jesus that you're born again. You know, actually receive the Holy Spirit at that point. But to have received the Holy Spirit, be recreated by the Holy Spirit, and to be full of the Holy Spirit are two different things. And that's what we're looking at here. And verse 6, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And uh, all the men were about 12. And then we go, after that, back to Ephesians chapter 5, which we read first, uh, Verse 17, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Greek says, be being filled with the Spirit. This is written to those same believers in Acts chapter 19 that were already born again and filled with the Spirit before. But yeah, he's saying, be filled with the Spirit or be being filled with the Spirit. And so uh, you see that you can have an initial filling, but you need uh, refillings. You need to be being filled with the Spirit. And then we also looked at Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the 120. And um, then chapter 3 at the gate, beautiful. Uh, Peter and John came to the lame man, and he said, uh, you know, do you have some money? And they said, well, we don't have silver and gold, but such as we have, we're going to give you. We got something better than money. Arise and walk. And he went leaping and dancing and praising God. And then the authorities, the magistrates grabbed a hold of him and said, you can't be, you can't be, you know, they're thinking, you know, we got rid of Jesus. What is going on? You cannot be talking about in his name. I don't understand how this happened, but we don't want it to happen again. So you cannot do this in his name anymore. And, you know, they released him and let him go. And it says they went into their own company. And it's really good to be with people of the same faith, the same beliefs, because, man, there's a corporate faith that comes together. There's something that happens when we come together. And so they went to their own company, and they told them all that the chief priests and the elders said. And so then it says that they all, this is in uh, chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, 
verse uh, 24. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against your holy child, Jesus, when you, uh, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. Now listen to this. And now behold, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word of God with boldness. These are the same people that were the 120 in the beginning. And so uh, as they prayed, they got up into the presence of God. They got a hold of God, and all of a sudden they were filled with the Holy Ghost again, filled again, be being filled with the Spirit of God. In other words, don't try to do this alone. So you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, like B.B. Hankins said, you can have a genius on the inside of you and just look average because you're not letting him speak, you're not letting him have his way. The genius is the Spirit of God. I mean, he will show you the future. You don't need to go to some psychic that doesn't know. All they do is consult familiar spirits. If that, if they're not making it up, you can go to the Spirit of God. He says, Jesus himself in red, in John, said he will show you things to come. For he will testify of me. He will not speak of himself. So you want to hear Jesus speak? Yield to the Holy Spirit. Because he reveals those things. And the Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. Much like Jesus, when he was here on the earth, he said, I'm not here with my own agenda. I'm not doing my own things. Whatever I hear my father say, whatever I see him do, that's what I say, that's what I do. I'm about my father's business. What an example for us to follow. I'm not here for myself. Whatever I hear my father say, and I have access to him through Jesus Christ, that's what I say. Whatever I see him do, that's what I'm doing. Why are you doing that? Why are you going here? Why are you going there? Because that's what I see my father doing. I've got a witness on the inside. I've got an unction on the inside. You know, the, the Bible says we have an unction. We don't have a need that anybody teach us because we have an unction from the Holy One. That doesn't mean that we don't need gifted teachers, anointed of God. That means we have the teacher on the inside of us. And while I'm up here teaching, you can be getting far above and beyond even what I'm saying. The Lord knows exactly where you're at, exactly what you need. Sometimes he'll put those words in my mouth, but he'll always speak to you in your heart. And you can listen to someone that's not even teaching the word and the Holy Spirit will say, don't listen to that. That's not right. That's not the truth. He will lead you and guide you into all truth, into all reality. And the truth of God is the real reality. Like somebody say, I'm a realist. I am too. I believe in the real Holy Spirit and the real God the Father and the real Word of God and the real Jesus Christ, which is the Word with flesh on. It's what the Word looks like if it was me. Right? The Word of God. And so the way you get full of the Holy Spirit is you just delve into the Word of God and you delve into the presence of God. When you fellowship with God, you fellowship with Him through prayer. But you cannot have a successful prayer life like you should have if it's not based and birthed from God's Word. Because He watches His Word to perform it. And if you're speaking His Word... Then he's going to like perform your word because you're speaking his word. Like Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. 
or it shall be done for you. Well, that's because you're abiding in him and his word is abiding in you. So therefore, when that happens, you're just like, okay, before you realize it, you're speaking the word. Before you realize it, the word is coming out. And I want to finish up today um, with a verse that we'll probably delve into more next week. And that is Psalm chapter uh, 107, verse 9. Psalm 107, verse 9. Well, I'm going to read uh, verse 1 through 9, and we'll focus on verse 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, the Bible has all the answers. It's hard not to preach this stuff. But I mean, if you're redeemed, you should say you're redeemed. Like when something comes against you, and it's, whether it's a sickness, a disease, a poverty, uh, a thought of depression, or of uh, inability, man, you say, no, I am redeemed. I've been bought back. Like, well, this runs in my family. It doesn't run in your family anymore. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So if you're going to live after your natural, yeah, of course, it's going to run in your family. It's going to show up in your life, even though it was bought and paid for for you to be free from that. Those chains actually fell off legally. Now, you got to make it vital. The way you make it vital, the way you make it touchable, the way you make it real is you see the word, you believe the word, you speak the word. In other words, you don't put up with it. I'm not putting up with it. I don't have to go through that. I don't have to be under this depression. I don't have to be under this sickness because Jesus set me free from it. And it's my job to stand, having done all to stand, to stand. So give thanks to the Lord for he's good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you're redeemed, say it. I am redeemed. redeemed. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. doesn't matter where you're at, where you're from. He has redeemed all mankind. He said we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation to go tell the whole world, every person in the world, black, white, red, yellow. I don't care the pigment of your skin. I don't care the state of your mind, your mental uh, attitude, your mental thinking. You have been redeemed by God. We're supposed to tell people that, that all you have to do is receive it. Because God's not a bully. He's not going to force you to take something. But he wants with all that's in him for you to come to him, to receive him, and to be near and close to him. And the only way we can do that is through the blood of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That's how we come to him. Um, Verse 4, they wandered in the wilderness in the solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Have you ever been there? Like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm wandering. You know, in this situation, what's going on? What am I going to do? Then they cried unto the Lord, verse 6, in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. They cried unto the Lord. And what happened? He delivered them out of their distresses. Just a little side note. Really hard not to preach this, by the way. (laughs) He delivered them. They weren't out of the situation. Didn't say that. From their distresses. They're no longer distressed. Right? Uh, reminds me of a uh, spirit of faith. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. In other words, I'm going to lead you to a home. Let me give you a place to dwell in. This earth is not our home. Our, we have a heavenly home, but we can dwell in the presence of God right here, right now, because God dwells in us. And so we don't even really, like David said, I look to the hills. We don't have to look to the hills. We can look to the inside from where our help comes because he's right there in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. 
For he, that is God, satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. What does that mean? What did Jesus say? Do you remember where he said in the Sermon on the Mount? For they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. You know, and and I think it's also in the Psalms, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. So really, like sometimes we're like, "Uh, Lord, I'm waiting on you. I want you to move. I want you to do something. No, he's really waiting on us. And you may be here this morning. You may be listening. And you may say, okay, that looks cool. If I was honest, if I was really true and honest, I would say, I'm not really hungry for the things of God right now. I'm not really thirsty for the things of God right now. I'll tell you how to fix it. It's really easy. Take this verse. You could find another one if you want. Psalm uh, 63 is very similar to this. And you just, with all of your might, with all of your heart, you speak this and you believe it every day this week. And you'll come back next week, or if you're listening online, you'll email us, and you'll be like, it works, it works, it works. Why? Because the word produces after its own kind. And you plant this seed in your heart, and you will see that you will be so hungry and so thirsty, just like the deer pants for water, your soul will long after him. Because, and then he satisfies the longing soul And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues when I didn't understand what was going on. Still a lot I'm sure I don't understand, but I didn't even hardly have a glimpse. I got filled when I was hungry because I was yearning after the things of God and that hunger took me beyond what some good-meaning people in the denomination I was a part of thought and believed that wasn't based on the word. I mean, one guy told me, he's like, well, I don't know. The only thing I know about it is somebody said, I'll pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You just say, uh, sound out the vowels. Ah, ah, be, 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 si, 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 da, 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 whatever, like this. Like, that's not in the Bible. And what happened? He was not filled with the Holy Spirit. But my hunger took me beyond that because this person said this, this person said that, and I'm trying to figure out, and I don't want to do anything against God and all this stuff. And I was so hungry that I finally decided, I thought, you know what? I'm confused by all of this. I'm just going to, which we all should do. Maybe I'm slower than you. I'm just going to go to the Word. And I'm going to see if I find this in the Word. And I looked and I said, there's no place in there that says all of this stuff passed away with the last apostle when he died. Jesus never said that. That's going to be great for a while. We're just going to do this to, to birth it out a little bit. Well, actually, the way it was birthed out was through persecution is how they got the church to expand. Different story. But he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So if you have a longing soul and a hungry soul, you will be satisfied and you will be filled with the goodness that comes from God. And that is how you be being filled. That's how you get into the presence of God. That's how you connect with God. You hunger and you thirst for righteousness. You will be filled. You will be filled. Stand with me if you would. Remember I even quoted uh, last week Smith Wigglesworth. He said, I'd much rather have 
a room full of people or ministers on my platform that are not filled with the Holy Spirit, but they are hungry for the things of God. And then he continued, he said, but of course, I'd rather have someone that's full of the Holy Spirit and hungry. So you can be full of the Holy Spirit. You had an experience. Uh, You can pray and speak in other tongues, but you cannot be hungry. And so it's a very dangerous condition to not be hungry for the things of God. You really hunger for what you feed on. And so as you feed on this, you can look in Psalm 119, you look at Psalm 63, you'll find that you will start to have, just like I talked about, those embers in the wood stove, they'll start to burn a little brighter and burn a little hotter. And I've been studying this for a couple weeks, getting ready for this message. And uh, it's like, sometimes I can't hardly contain myself. I'm like, I am so hungry for the things of God. And I am so drawn to him and drawn to what he has and, and his food right? Uh, Flesh and blood, you need some food, but you can get to the point where you're really more hungry for the word of God, and you're actually sustained by his words. You're sustained by him. Not that you don't need to eat in flesh. Don't get crazy. (laughs) But you'll find like, oh, I I forgot to eat. I was so distracted. I'm so like taken up with the things of God and the word of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He loves you. He wants you to be part of his family. He died for you. He died for me. And all you have to do to receive, uh, to be born again is to receive him. You come as you are. You can't clean yourself up ahead of time. Don't think you can. Don't try to. He has made a way for every single person, no matter how bad you think you are, how bad you think you've messed up. He has made a way for every human being to come to his father and into his presence. And that is through his own blood, through what he did. If you're here this morning or you're listening online and that's you, uh, I'd like you to raise your hand if you're here or email us online, info at anchordc.org, and we'll get some materials in your hand. We'll pray with you and for you. If you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it is a biblical experience that will bless and enrich your life uh, beyond measure. Uh, You'll see things you didn't see, know things you didn't know. Uh, You just get full of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, it's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit, but you're not full of the Holy Spirit. You can be full of the Holy Spirit, just as fun and crazy as the rest of us. So if that's you, you can email us at the same email or come down front, raise your hand. I'll pray with you and for you. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray for everyone that's listening to me right now that you would give us such a longing, such a hunger, such a thirst for your things that we were so distracted by focusing on you, by eating your word, by receiving from the presence of your spirit that we look back and we're shocked at how we've changed and we're so taken up with your things and what's going on in your kingdom and being in your presence that we we really find a new lease on life. Father, we thank you for drawing us, that as we draw near to you, that you draw near to us. I pray for each and every person listening that you'll just give us unction to take that first step, that we'll give you an inch so you can take a million miles in our life. Father, I thank you for the call upon each and every person, the plan that you have for each and every person that's listening right now, that's here right now, or that's online. 
Father, I thank you for your plans for them. I plead the blood of Jesus over those plans, over everything that you have designed from the foundation of the world for them to do. We declare that it shall be done, that it shall come to pass, not in our own power, but in the power of the blood and the name of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.